You are about to listen to Defending Black Girlhood Podcast, and I'm your host, Lalita G. I'm a black mother. Look, I don't care what Mookie Mae Mae and Lakeisha oh, Mama does. I'm not Mookie Mae Mae and Lakeisha's uh, Mama. Tripping. A preacher. Give me the key of D. And Mary had a little baby, and his name was Jesus. A life coach. Look, girl, if Chump don't want no help, Chump don't get no help. Oh, and a singer. And I, and I, and I, no, I ain't a singer. Most of all, I'm an advocate for black girls everywhere they are. And I'm telling you right now, I am unapologetic as hell about my fierce advocacy for black girls to be safe in their homes, schools, and communities. Join us for courageous conversations about topics that most impact our girls and be inspired to do your part in defending black girls in your part of the world. Any scene depicted in this episode is a fictionalized dramatization based on true accounts and public records. We aim to give voice to the story and tragedy of Erica Hill's life. Some information may contain graphic, violent, or explicit language. Listener's discretion is advised. So I told my boss, man, don't be calling me on my all time. I already put in my 10 hours. I'm done for the day, bro. <laughs> man, you always talking some smack. You know you didn't say that to your boss. <laughs> man, I tried to tell you. Yes, I did. I told him, hey, man, what is, what is that I just saw? Man, you ain't seeing nothing. We got to get where we going. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Stop the car. Stop the car. Man, I swear I saw some legs hanging out of that garage back there. Let me hop out right quick. What you see? Oh shit, man, it's a dead body up in there. Call the police. Nine one one, what's your emergency? Yeah, ma'am, we just found the body of a dead woman up in this garage. What is your exact location? We in the alley behind Polk Street. Stay where you are, sir. We will send a unit right over. Man, this is some messed up shit. men say they were driving through an alley when they came across a horrifying discovery. The partially clothed, severely burned remains of a young black woman. The remains woman. of an unidentified black woman were found in a cinder block garage near 2nd Avenue and Polk Street in Gary, Indiana. Even more gruesome, they discovered the body to be partially clothed and Police in Gary, Indiana seek help with identifying the remains of a young black woman who was discovered February 26, 2007. She was 5'4", petite build, hair in cornrows, in her late teens, early 20s. Her body was found in what seemed to be an abandoned garage. Gruesome autopsy photos show her body was severely beaten, strangled, and burned.
Jane Doe? Hell no. That is not my name. Killed, stripped of my dignity, they can't even identify my remains. Left in an old garage over near Polk Street and 2nd Avenue. Stuffed in a garbage bag, thrown out like a dirty piece of trash by you. Laying here dead, half naked, teeth knocked out, most of my body burnt. Unidentified to everyone she lied and said me she never hurt. My 25, 50, 75, 170 old and healing scars by coroner's inventory. My beaten head, my stabbed body, my crushed face tell my true story. My back, my neck, my legs, my arms, even my face was scarred from being savagely beat. Yes, I said 170 scars, some not even healed from my head down to my feet. You can lie to everyone else about what you really did to me, but don't forget, Mom, I was actually there. And you will forever, ever hold the last memories of my life that you took without a single care. People said you didn't kill me. You were way too nice, too kind, sanctified, and holy. None of them even bothered to give me a funeral. Church folks, neighbors, and the concerned white school women all forgot about me. Half-starved when they found my body, I now lay in an unmarked grave without my identity while you ate from food stamps in my name and cashed my checks from Social Security. Jane Doe, hell no. That's not who I will remain. I'm Erica Antoinette Hill, brutally killed at 15. Please say my name. I didn't know how to talk about what was done to Erica at the end of her life. I thought about so many ways to go about describing it, and in one day it came to me in poem. The 170 scars and the brutally way that her body was treated after her death tell the true story of her pain that wasn't just on that day in February of 2007 but they tell the story. They give the map of the pain, the brutality that this child dealt with on a daily basis. People may wonder and people may speculate on who killed Erica, but let me be clear. She was killed. She was killed by somebody. When they found her body she had a rag in her mouth with which she was suffocated. And there were injuries to her head and to her face and stab marks in her back. All of these contributed to her death. This was not an accidental death. This was not a death that was caused because this child slipped and fell. This was intentional homicide. Cruel homicide. Suffocated. The towel was pushed so far down her throat that it prevented her from breathing from her nose or her mouth. And sadly, the way that her body was treated, it was so burned that her fingertips were gone as she was found partially dressed. the indignity 
the harm, the destruction, the violence in which she was killed and her body was treated afterwards. Tell the story of Erica's death. And it tells the story of Erica's life. So it's been five years since this case hit the news. And it was big news in the local area of Madison when it came out that Taylor Marie Hill was arrested for the murder of her adopted daughter, Erica Hill. And when I was getting ready to start doing this podcast, Defending Black Girlhood, wanting to focus on those topics and issues, a friend of mine suggested me doing this story about Erica Hill and really about her sister coming out and telling that her mother had killed her. And which led to the identification of the 2007 Lake County Jane Doe. And when I first talked with her about this and I re-familiarized myself with this story, I really just kind of had a one direction mind in telling the story, like really looking at the mother and what led her to this. But as I start digging into this story, that's when I start having my mind go in many, many different directions. It really came up with the title, Who Killed Erica Hill? Because I thought at first when I heard about the story, it just seemed so clear cut, who killed Erica? But as I started digging into the story and talking to one person who would say, oh, have you talked to this person? And then you should talk to that person. The question began to really widen for me. This wasn't just a story about a mother that had killed a child. It was about a story in which a whole community had played some part in this girl and her demise. And I wanted to not just present the obvious, but I wanted to begin to ask questions and and leave you as the listener to form your own questions around this. And I think it's important because if we just say that her mother killed her, nobody has any culpability about anything. It's just plain and clear she was convicted, you know, and she's been put away. We're done. Let's move on. But when we start unpacking and really start asking that question and looking at all the places and all the people that had touch points, that had information, that had suspicions, that had the job to investigate, to treat, to serve, to protect it really opens up a giant pathway that I think really lends itself to the question that we have today. Why is there a reported 65,000 missing black women and girls? And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But if I can look at that big number of 65,000 women and it's so big, I don't know what to do with that. I don't understand it. 
But when I began to narrow that down, narrow it and narrow it and narrow it and bring it home to one girl, one black girl, Erica Hill, 15 years old, then look at her experience in a broader way. It starts to become clear to me why so many black girls in particular go missing because there's not enough people to give it down to make sure that even when they're on their radar, even when there's suspicions, even when there are reports of abuse, they still don't get the attention, the service, the urgency around finding them, around checking in on them, around making sure that they're okay. And so this is one story about one girl from my community, but in many ways, it's the story about every missing black girl in America. Throughout this multi-series of conversations, we're gonna be talking to people from the school, from the community, people from Erica's church. And I want you to think about the questions you have. What questions do you have for the school? for folks that knew Erica when she was younger, um, the social service system. Think about the questions that you have and, and send it to us, let us know. You can go to my website, lalada.org, L-I-L-A-D-A.org, and send a comment to us because we'd like to know what questions you have, what thoughts you have as you're listening to each conversation and what conclusions are you coming to on who killed Erica Hill.